today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Yesterday, uh, the president said, uh, President Trump said that the U.S. is pulling out of Syria or will pull out of Syria. And uh, I guess kind of stunned everyone, saying that the mission is accomplished and ISIS in Syria has been defeated. Let's bring in Elliot Tepper, Emeritus Professor of Political Science, Carleton University, and is with us now. Elliot, thanks for the time as always. Great to have you here. Good afternoon, Scott. So, mission accomplished. ISIS uh, is defeated in Syria. Your thoughts? I've got a whole range of thoughts on this one. Uh, I'm trying to find a unifying theme here. Where did this come from? Well, um... There's so many different dimensions to this. I think we should spend some time on, on the Canadian implications or implications for Canada. Go ahead. Where did this come from? We probably should start with that. Where did this come from? Uh, the best answer we can come up with is this seems to be a diversion, a classic move mm-hmm. by Trump, who when he's in difficulties in one area says, don't look over here, look over there. I'm going to do something you just have to talk about. And here we are. But this one has uh, such serious implications. So why did he do it? He did campaign on this, and he also campaigned on the wall. He's not going to get his wall. So therefore, why don't we do this, which is against the advice of uh, basically all of his uh, senior advisors. Uh, Among other things, just as a side note, this is a real slap in the face for John Bolton. Uh, But the bigger picture here is, Scott, that... America has abandoned its policy regarding Iran. The, the Iranian um, menace was the basis for pulling out of a nuclear deal. And now we may end up ultimately with a more nuclear world. But we also have many other implications here. But what this does, to, just to synthesize all this, the political decision by the president has made a mockery of his Iranian policy. The implications are very widespread. And, yes, we can certainly start with Canada. Uh, why is Canada today in difficulty with China? We should remind ourselves that what this dispute with, you know, we've been caught in the middle now. Uh, we were asked by the United States to arrest a very prominent member of the of the. Chinese business community, one that was uh, an industry that's uh, a champion, and we're, we're being referred to as kidnappers. Well, why were we picking her up? Because America decided to have extraterritoriality, that is, it oversees um, implications for its decision, the U.S. decision, to sanction Iran. All of this is theoretically because of the violations by Huawei, the, the company involved, uh, to violate the sanctions that America unilaterally has put on, on Iran. So the Iranian uh, menace was so great that Canada had to go along with the United States' request to arrest her. So if, in fact, Iran is not such a major issue that America will um, keep its troops on the ground, since this is a great gift to Iran, this is really a surrender in, to Iran, to Assad, and to Russia in Syria, then why are we paying the cost? So this is a side issue, in a sense, to the bigger questions, but it's an important one for Canada, and I think that should be that should be noted. And go ahead, explain the other two, then we'll come back. Okay, well, let's just focus for the moment on on on, on what is 
actually a side issue. The real issue between Canada, this company, Huawei, and China, has to actually do with our security issues. Right. Interest. This, the infrastructure that uh, for the G5, the next generation of Internet, uh, basically for you and I, for the speed and utility of the Internet, was going to be built on a backbone of, with, uh, provided by this company, which is known to be very close to the government of China. And indeed, China apparently doesn't really see the difference between public and private. So there was a lot of concern already. We can now turn our attention to that particular aspect. But they're turning now to the third aspect of the Canada interest here. We have been an ally of the Kurds. We have been training the Kurds in, in um, Iraq. Remember, we were part of the coalition to defeat ISIS. And as part of that, the only effective troops on the ground in the whole region against ISIS were the Kurds. So Canada uh, joined that coalition, and we had 850 or so people there uh, providing a variety of training uh, um, exercise expertises. You know, our, our, our troops got in trouble at one point because when they landed there, Canadian troops were wearing the Kurdish Peshmerga patches on their own uniforms, the Canadian uniforms, and got criticized for it. We provided $9.5 million for the Kurds in Iraq again, uh, but this was a single theater, Iraq and Syria in terms of ISIS, as part of the battle to defeat ISIS. So our allies, the people that we have been working with, have now been thrown under the bus. So Canada has basically been thrown under the bus by the U.S. because its insistence that Iran was the real issue. Clearly, Iran is not the real issue. And... Much more importantly, in the long run, we can survive this and we'll find a way. The Kurds have been thrown under the bus. Where does this leave the civil war in Syria? Yes. Um, Operation Impact, which is the name given to what we were doing as troop, Canadian troops in, in uh, the region, was strictly held on the Iraqi side of the border. However, the single battle against ISIS, as we know, covered both Iraq and Syria, and that battle was going very well indeed with a very heavy cost uh, to the Kurds themselves who carried the brunt of the fighting. The Iraqi army has been ineffective, and the Syrians, uh, the Syrian government, Assad's government, wants to wipe them out. What this does now is put not only our partners, but more prominently the American partners in the fight against ISIS, it basically is abandoning them to the not-so-tender mercy of Iran and Hezbollah, the Syrian government, and very uh, imminently, the Turks, because the Turks view the Kurds as, on, on, in the Syrian side of the border, and indeed on the Iraqi side of the border, as related to the Kurds, related in terms of organization and intent, to the Kurds inside Turkey, and they see that as an imminent threat to Turkey's, uh, an existential threat to their existence, so Turkey has been saying, we're going to go into the northern border of Syria, bordering uh, Turkey, and we're going to clean out the Kurds. And America said, wait a minute, those are our, our allies, and we've got 2,000 troops on the ground, so you better not be you know, attacking the Kurds because you'll be attacking us. All of that's gone now. The Kurds are the big losers here. They have once again, as has happened before in history, been betrayed. 
So uh, how is the rest of Washington responding to this? They, again, seem to be completely blindsided. Yes. Um, the Congress didn't know about this, and apparently the closest advisors, as I suggested a moment ago, including John Bolton, the security advisor, uh, apparently did not know about this. The official on the ground, the person responsible for relationship with the Kurds uh, on behalf of America, uh, a fellow named McGurk, has just said recently, "Go well, basically, in essence, we're not, we're not pulling out. ISIS may be defeated, uh, but uh, it's not. We beat them. We've destroyed the caliphate, but ISIS itself is not defeated. We're there for the long haul. And he said that very recently. In September, there was another reiteration at various levels that America remained committed to staying in Syria, uh, so that across the board, that is in Congress, uh, Lindsey Graham, the closest yeah. uh, Republican almost, uh, not tucked away inside the Trump camp, has said, boy, if Obama did this, we'd be up in arms. We'd be calling him weak. And uh, uh, <laughs> Senator Rubio <laughs> has sent out a tweet saying, well, there's somebody here that really supports the president, and he retweeted, he retweeted uh, Putin's saying, yes, mm. we like what you just did, Donald. Exactly. Uh, so how does Donald Trump arrive at this decision that, uh, that, that is clearly different from the rest of his staff? He's not on the same page. How does he all of a sudden decide this is what he's going to do? Is there anyone else in the room? Well, you're asking, as usual, for us to get into yeah. the mind of and the decision-making apparatus of. The, to the degree we can find rationality in this, it's he campaigned on it. His base is looking for him to keep his promises. He says, I always keep my, you know, his huge rallies always say, promises made, promises kept. And he said, you know, we don't get anything out of our involvement in the Middle East. And let's, let's remind ourselves that also um, Obama thought he was elected to back out of the Middle East and to pivot to Asia. So America has had a fear of being stuck into ground wars in the region, which are essentially unwinnable, and Donald Trump legitimately uh, conveys those issues. But the way he's done this and uh, the implications, the long-run implications, and let's talk about one of those for the moment, are enormous. The parallel is being made, Scott, to well, America went into Iraq, and we didn't stay long enough, and we didn't leave enough troops, and now Iraq was a mess, and we were really essentially defeated there, and look who's in power now. That was my next question, exactly. But I think the more accurate analogy, that one's not a bad one, but the real analogy to me is after 9-11, George Bush went into Afghanistan, saying yeah. that the Taliban are in control of the country, they've let the... They've let this, uh, this organization, Al-Qaeda, attack America. We're going to go into Afghanistan and clean out Al-Qaeda and therefore uh, protect America so that Afghanistan no longer is going to be um, under the control of a force hostile to America, which includes, of course, the Taliban. Then, before the job was complete, he pivoted to Iraq for reasons which are still being debated by scholars and others. But... He said, mission accomplished, and it wasn't accomplished, and today the Taliban control about half of, half of uh, 
Afghanistan, and, and there's no end in sight to that conflict. So I think taking the pressure off ISIS at this point is such an important strategic security issue for the world, not just for, not just for America, but including Canada and, and the entire West and that coalition which has been fighting ISIS in Iraq and Syria all these years. This just gives ISIS room to come back uh, to influence. It seems whenever in in past history there has been a conflict, you go in, you do what you have to do, then, and sometimes it's after another election, it's bring the troops home, bring the troops home. Have we not learned that we can't do that? That as soon as you bring the troops home, that you end up with that vacuum where the problem could be worse than, than what you just solved? Yes. There's no universal rule. There's times when you can bring the troops home. Yeah. But this is based, should be based on careful analysis of the ground situation. And the American analysis on the ground is, by, by, our, uh, by their the Western analysts, uh, the, the soldiers involved, the people who are responsible for what's going on, have said, the job isn't done. And the United States president has just said, yes, I declare it to be done. So in this case, it's very clear, I think, to everyone, that abandoning the Kurds, which is really a betrayal of the Kurds, uh, will only lead to a plus for ISIS and uh, a resurgence of terrorism. Uh, talk about uh, Vladimir Putin's response to this. Uh, yes. He obviously uh, gave a positive response. What message does that send to the world? Well, I think you and I have spent many a day talking about the Mueller investigation. And was there, is there collusion between the Trump administration, and Mueller. Now, I can't say that this demonstrates collusion, but it's one more instance where the President of the United States has taken a position favorable to the Russian position, who are the big winners here, along with Assad, along with Iran. Um, This position dovetails with what Russia has been saying all along they want. And I don't think that... if 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 the concern here is the Republican base, the Trump base is pleasing the Russians at the cost of, our, uh, of the people we have been supporting, is that really going to play well with that base? Of course, that remains to be seen. We've talked about this before. Uh, the base, especially those in the military, do they like the bromance between Putin and Trump? I mean, how, how can they feel uh, comfortable with that? One needs to ask them, not me, and we need polling on that, and there's no polling. It's difficult to poll the military. So, uh, but veterans groups, we'll have to see if this is one more accumulated evidence that can be brought to bear by the Democrats, by others, to say that Donald Trump seems to be siding with America's enemies, in this case, Russia, for sure, and Iran, the big winners here, and Assad, the, the butcher of Damascus, yeah. and against the people that you know, we've been fighting with, and it's our troops, our people who have been doing the training, we've been involved, we meaning the West, but in the, speaking now in terms of U.S. domestic politics. So uh, we'll have to see how it plays out. The domestic politics of all of this is very serious, but very serious indeed. Again, um, let's put it differently. And from time to time, you and I have used the phrase... Uh, 
a colleague of mine came up with, the deconstruction of trust. Mm. Since the Trump gov- uh, got elected, America has earned around the world a deconstruction of trust. And this can bring us back in a little bit to Canada as well. Canada and others have learned the hard way that you just can't rely on America the way we used to. In area after area after area, uh, the U.S. has proved itself to be internationally not as reliable a partner as before. Economically, in terms of our trading arrangements, uh, this has been, uh, you know, Canada now has a minister in, tr- in charge of trade diversification. Why? Because of the deconstruction of trust, and that leads us to, well, now we want to move to, toward China because we can't rely on the U.S., but what about all of America's allies in the future who are going to be asked in groups on the ground and tribal groups and others, look, we share a common enemy, we'll put up some money, you do the fighting, rely on us. You can rely on us to stand with you if you want to overthrow your own tyrannical government or whatever groups we... America no longer will be seen as a reliable partner to local groups when it comes to seeking allies in future conflict. Hmm. So Donald Trump makes this this decision, this declaration, mission accomplished, ISIS, ISIS defeated in Syria, and no real reason for it, against the wishes of his advisors. Is this all a diversion from the wall, Flynn, Cohen? Is well, this that... is certainly where, where we've opened up this conversation, yeah. and it's a, a plausible explanation that... Uh, Again, don't don't look over here where I'm in trouble. Look over there where where I want you to look. And this is a very dramatic change, and it's so dramatic we have to look at it. But this has great implications, as we've been discussing throughout this entire conversation. The Kurds have been betrayed. Canada's been shown to be um, left hanging. China, Russia, Iran, Hezbollah, Assad, these are all winners. So a third Canadian detained yes. in China, and yes. we've only got a couple of minutes left, but I can't let you go with get, getting your opinion on this. A third Canadian detained uh, teacher from Alberta, uh, the government trying to paint that this is a different issue than the other two, uh, that it's uh, yes, uh, a, visa, a visa issue. Chinese um, sources are saying the same thing. So we, we, is, is this related or isn't it? Well, we have no way to actually prove it, but... Uh, it's very tempting to ask if they're going to pick up a Canadian a week until re- we release their kidnapped and uh, what, business and what, executive. And what makes the two related or not related is the fact that they're now just going around looking for people that they could pull in and do this. So, the, But how is that not related because they're not a diplomat? We're still details, Scott, of, of why this is different and why it's different is this is not related in terms of the charges that are being brought. Right. That is, the allegations that are being laid by the Chinese for why this person is picked up is a different, qualitatively different kind of accusation. The first two were, you know, they might be doing damage to the Chinese state, it's espionage and right. so forth, whereas the other, oh, well, there's just a visa issue here, so it's really different. However, those who have been looking at it say, wait, she had a valid visa, and there's no reason to suspect otherwise. So maybe people down, down the lower levels of the bureaucracy, and, and let's link this back again uh, to what, the bigger picture. Canada is in difficulties with China because of an Iranian sanction violation and picked up this very important person that has so irritated the Chinese government that they're leading an anti-Canada campaign across all of China 
maybe some lower level official said, hey, we've got a way to pick up another Canadian, or maybe this is centrally planned, or maybe it is just a coincidence. But the bottom line is Canada is in difficulty with China over this issue, and China uh, is no, um, China does not, let, let me make a, a broader statement. China wants to lay claim to leadership of the world by 2050. It's got a blueprint for doing so. But you have to ask if they're ready for prime time. Are they ready if what they can do is pick up people who have already been on a prepared list when they have an irritation, a bilateral irritation with another country? Hmm. Elliot Tepper has been with us, Emeritus Professor of Political Science, Carleton University. Elliot, thank you so much for all you've done over the course of the year for us. We greatly appreciate it. Have yourself a great holiday. And to you. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.